friends, welcome back to the Pastor's Cut podcast. I am glad that you were here with us today. Uh, you've got with us here today, I'm Dave McPherson. We have Marissa in the studio with us. Hello. And Brad Henderson is back in the booth. Hey. So as we're preparing today, we're going to be looking at a passage of scripture for the message that will be on Sunday, November 20th. Mm-hmm. As we are looking at this passage, and actually before we do that, I thought it'd be fitting since we usually start a podcast with a little bit of an icebreaker. Thanksgiving is just around the corner, and it will actually be the Thursday after this message happens. So with that in mind, what is the thing, what is the one dish you look forward to the most for Thanksgiving food? And Brad like jumped at it right away. What what were you saying, Brad? Well, I, I said one. There are two, I, <laughs> but the most famous one uh, is my mother's butterscotch pie, which technically is more like a brown sugar pie. It's like brown sugar and eggs and meringue and homemade crust. And it's literally you walk in the door, you find the pie, you get a slice of it and you go hide it somewhere. Nice. (laughs) Because you don't want it to run out while you're eating turkey. My grandma's uh, chocolate pie is similar to that, and I will not eat another chocolate pie because I've been so disappointed by so many pies not Uh being hers in the past. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's and you know the recipe has been shared, but no one has dared try to make it except (laughs) for my mom. Um, Secondly, I love smoked turkey. I love smoking a turkey, and I love the uh, getting to eat it after you smoke it. So one of my favorite things. Very good, Marissa. What about you? Well, all the the Thanksgiving foods, I don't think there's a single one that I don't enjoy. No, that's not true. There's other families that have other foods that I'm like, mm, that doesn't belong here. But uh, <laughs> Okay, so what's, what's an example of something that doesn't belong? Well, anything with a lot of cream and mushroom soup, that wasn't our family's scene. So uh, okay, I can so appreciate it. Green, it fresh has green its beans, place. but not, not green beans. Fresh casserole. green beans, right, yeah. Okay. Casserole, we were not a casserole people. We're not a hot dish people, but... Uh, but yeah, all, all Thanksgiving foods, and it's just the act of making the food and everybody coming together with their dishes and the smells in the kitchen that are more, um, that I look forward to more than the dishes themselves. But mm. got to make the cranberry sauce fresh. I appreciate the canned, mm-hmm. but it's the fresh that I really enjoy because you got to get those cranberries to pop in the pan. It's a fun, Ooh. it's good times. I've, I've never tried it's like fresh. Thanksgiving uh, fireworks. Okay. In your saucepan. Well, that sounds, that yeah. sounds absolutely delicious. <laughs> yeah. So my wife makes a mean pumpkin pie. I love that. And then growing up, we would always go, my family would travel from Phoenix up to Prescott. And my aunt used to make this pumpkin cake. She called it pumpkin bars. Mm-hmm. It was cut in little strips. And I don't know what she did with it, but that stuff went like hotcakes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so still to this day, my memories of my childhood, I just end up salivating thinking about that. So Yeah, that's what we should do at work. We should just have like a potluck of everybody's favorite. It's going to be about four different variations on a pumpkin dessert. Of course. But I'm okay with that. That would be wonderful. Pumpkin that sounds roll, like fun. Pumpkin squares. So pumpkin if you have your favorite pumpkin <laughs> recipe that you want the staff to enjoy, <laughs> send it to Marissa. Yeah, M. well, Carter at the item. Or you just send the send item the to item. the office and we'll get recipe to enjoy it. And, and we'll, too, we'll talk yeah. about it online on air <laughs> as well. Well, today we are looking at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, looking at three short verses, Mm -hmm. and then looking at how, as we're continuing our Amen series, we're getting close to the end of the series, and actually this will be the very last message in the Amen series. Mm -hmm. We will be looking at how these three commands influence the way that we pray. 
And so with that, Marissa, would you mind reading for us just those three verses? Sure, it's quick. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Simple and to the point. Yes. I love it. So as you have been doing research and, and looking at this passage, what sort of things have you found that have stood out to you that, that were aha ideas or things you hadn't necessarily thought of from that passage? Well, whenever we have like the rejoice and the, the joyful passages, especially from Paul, I always think of Pollyanna. Uh, there's a, a line from <laughs> Pollyanna that says, if God took the trouble to tell us 800 times to be glad and rejoice, we should do it at least some. <laughs> and <laughs> I awesome. think that um, some Christians read these verses and others like Philippians 4, 4, rejoice in the Lord always, verses like that. And, you know, we've covered some of them in just in these past few, few weeks in Ephesians and Colossians. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do deduce that it's not appropriate for a Christian to feel grief or sorrow or negativity, um, that we're supposed to be like Pollyanna, kind of those balls of blind optimism kind of bumping through life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But Paul is not saying that we're not to grieve or feel sorrow. So I think we should say that from the offset, that he's not saying that we should be inauthentic or avoid negative feelings. Um, we know that's not true because we can look at the example of Jesus, that he grieved and he felt sorrow and he lamented. And that's part of an experience that's not only um, not sinful, it's okay to grieve, but because Jesus did it, it can be holy to grieve and feel sorry or sorrow. So when someone who's never felt an ounce of discomfort says things like rejoice always, um, it means something a little bit different than someone who has experienced incredible loss. And um, we've said this before, but Paul was a man who was well acquainted with sorrow. Mm-hmm. The whole book of Thessalonians is to um, comfort and embolden the Thessalonian church to... Um, stand up against persecution. They were a church that knew about sorrow. That was the whole purpose of this letter. So, and even even the fictional Pollyanna who gets so much grief for being so optimistic, <laughs> I mean, this was a child that was an orphan that had experienced mm-hmm. the loss of her parents and who was in this town who hated her and not in a place that wanted her. She wasn't experiencing any love in her life. So when Paul says, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in everything, this isn't a hollow platitude from somebody that's clueless. It's, it's somebody who's not trying to minimize the pain of reality, but it's trying to tell us how we get through it. How do we get through this reality that we all understand is among us? The only way to survive and even thrive through grief is through rejoicing mm-hmm. and through thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Giving in to grumbling and negativity or even grief and depression, it d- drives us further away from health and from life. As I look at this passage, you know, the, the three phrases, Paul uses twice the word pantos, always, mm-hmm. um, and then he uses a different word there for, for pray constantly or pray continuously, but the emphasis there is everywhere, every time, every place. Mm-hmm. Be filled with joy, be um, praying, and be giving thanks. As you said, it's definitely not an emotion. Uh, I read a commentary that, that talked about it's not where you necessarily can flip a switch, and Paul expects you to to all of a sudden just be joyful and jumping up and mm-hmm. down. It's it's more of finding God and looking to God and worshiping Him in the midst of that. He says, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus, and in looking to God, looking to who God is and what God has done for us gives us grounds to give thanks, gives us grounds to find joy, gives us anchor right. in order to uh, rejoice. And so it's 
in those moments when we worship God and we look to him that we can find our ability to get to those places. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Paul doesn't need to tell the Thessalonian church that life is hard and the world is dark. Mm-hmm. What they needed was to be reminded of the light. They were being suffocated by the darkness and rejoicing maybe forced at first. You know, it's an intentional choice. That's why mm-hmm. he has to say it, you know, like as Pollyanna, I don't know if you know exactly amount, the amount, but that's why he has to tell us 800 times <laughs> to rejoice. <laughs> it's because we don't need reminding about how dark the world is, but we do need to reminding that we should be looking for the light, that the light of God is always there, that that reality is there. And when we look for it intentionally, even if it's only a tiny, tiny glimmer at first, it'll give us the hope that we need to keep going. And he's always saying the reality of our faith is that we understand that joy is not centered on our own circumstances. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the epistles, mm-hmm. like we said last week, written from the prison, the joy was not in his circumstances. He wasn't having a good time. <laughs> That's for sure. Yes. But he was able to rejoice because of the constant reality of who God was and who he was in God. So a practical question, how do you pray always? Yeah, yeah. I it, We talked a little about this last time, but... There's no no harm in repeating. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's just being in constant conversation with God in all things. And prayer, being in constant prayer, isn't meant to be an escape, isn't meant to be like, this is how I avoid the world, but how I can thrive within it, how mm-hmm. I can walk throughout mm-hmm. the world with God by my side and remember um, that he is always present. Um, everything we do and say should be in a spirit of prayer. Every conversation we have with other people should include God as an active participant in that. And when we acknowledge the reality of his presence continually, it changes our whole outlook. It changes our activity. It, it, changes, uh, it changes everything. Everything will be transformed. Absolutely, yes. I remember when I was in college hearing for the first time someone wrestling with this idea, how do you pray always? And, and so being in more of a charismatic tradition at mm-hmm. the time, um, my, my friend said, yeah, I just, I was talking to somebody on the phone and I heard on the other end when there was a pause, just this, this little bit of a whisper going on. And so I asked the guy what was happening. And my friend said, well, I'm just, I'm just praying underneath my voice. And so they literally yeah, taking but it, was it literal. as praying. Yeah. And, and so I thought, wow, that's really hardcore. Yeah, yeah. Um, chewing on that, wrestling with that, I thought there's nothing wrong with that. Not But I wonder if, if God is, is wanting just us to have more, like you said, mm-hmm. more of a conversation with him, inviting him into every conversation at every moment, mm-hmm. less of literally, I'm not listening to you right now, I'm praying to <laughs> God, and I'm going to check out of every conversation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we've all had conversations with mature Christians in our lives where it's like, wow, they really are Christ-centered in every mm-hmm. conversation. It just, it you know, it's not a condescending thing. It's not a platitude thing. It's just that they are able to um, center every conversation they have around their thanksgiving towards God. Yes. I think a discipline that I learned, and, and maybe I'd love to hear what, what you do, that you've actually been able to put this into practice as well. When I sold radio a few years ago, I think I've shared this example before uh, a couple of times, but um, I remember before every sales meeting I would go into, before I'd meet with a prospective client or a current client, I would just pray in my car, God, I invite you into the conversation. May you have your way mm-hmm. in and through what, what we're talking about. And more often than not, I'd end up having a conversation about God and about spiritual things and getting to pray for the person as much as we talked about business and about what it would look like to build a radio campaign, I, 
I wonder if that's part of this, that it's intentionally inviting God into every conversation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I like that. Um, I don't know if I have that discipline (laughs) yet, Mm. but I do try to constantly be aware of where God's working and um, to have an, uh, an active perspective on how I can join him in that work. So, um, you know, we've talked about the examine before in here and how that centers you to being intentional about seeing where God's working in your life and in, in the lives of the people around you. And it's just, especially when things are negative and things seem to be um, bearing down and suffocating that darkness, whether it's it's grief or it's just you're having a bummer of a day, just to be aware of that light and to ask God to show you. And, you know, those moments of joy, those little things that remind you that he cares about you and that he's with you. Um, that's how I kind of center myself more than that intentional. That's all right, though. <laughs> that's, that's, that's good stuff. Yeah, Still. it's where you start. Absolutely. Um, I would encourage you in your community groups, include this as part of your conversation. You know, ask if you found anything that works well to to invite God into your daily routines, into your everyday conversations as a part of that process of developing the discipline of praying always. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of that, that prayer, uh, one of the commentators I read suggested that, that prayer comes from worship ultimately right. that it comes from our heart of worshiping God and engaging with him that that's that's our center point through which we can do all of these things and so maybe even talk through what's the connection between prayer and worship and and how does that relay off of each other mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. same thing <laughs> yeah and just when you're thinking about thanksgiving you know I love GK Chesterton a lot and he's mm-hmm. written so many great things on being thankful um, he's written that when it comes to life, the critical thing is whether you take things for granted or take them with gratitude. And, you know, we've been talking about persecution and sadness and grief, but sometimes life, you know, like I said, before, it's just a bummer and we're overwhelmed by dissatisfaction and we have so many things to be thankful for, but we're always thinking about how life doesn't quite live up to our expectations or, or how it's not quite perfect. So we're so focused on what's missing from our lives that we very rarely pause to reflect on all that we do have and truly thanking God for his abundance. Um, G.K. Chesterton, again, defines gratitude as happiness doubled by wonder. So Mm. just living into that gratitude, asking God to open your eyes to the wonder of what he's already given you, what's already around you that you can go. Again, Pollyanna, the glad game. I don't know (laughs) how (laughs) entrenched you are in Pollyanna lore, but, uh, but really looking around and seeing, wow, this is this is wonderful. There's so many mm-hmm. wonders in life um, and, and how we can see that. So kind of asking your group, are you someone who recognizes the light of God all around you or are you someone who sometimes causes an overcast with your grumbling? <laughs> are you blocking the light for others? Um, God wants us to live a life that's compelling to other people. He wants us to live into his abundance because that's what other people find compelling about the way we live and our relationship with God. I really, really like the last verse that says, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. This isn't a demand. God's not demanding this of us. That's not what that word will means, but that's what he longs for us. That's what he He desires for us is that we will find his peace and light and that this rejoicing, this giving thanks, this being in prayer continually will bring us closer to him, mm-hmm. which will give us the strength and endurance needed to withstand everything life has to throw at you, and that will make our lives more compelling to others. Absolutely, yes. 
I keep hearing the more we're talking about this, there's an old song written in the 1970s by Keith Green mm-hmm. called Make My Life a Prayer to You. Yeah, yeah. That, that just, the lyrics of that, that resound, that, that no matter what we do, no matter where we're going about our days, that, that we can live our lives as a prayer to God, as an offering to Him, and, and that's where we find grounding and find some fruitfulness. Yep. So with that wonderful <laughs> nugget, I want to ask, is, is there anything else that you found that you want to share with us? Just that our only satisfaction, if we want to be satisfied, that we find our satisfaction in God and not the things around us, because those circumstances change so quickly. That um, is there's no sure. security yes. in anything that's giving us comfort right now. We can only find that satisfaction in God. And when we can do that, when we can find that reality, that's when we can rejoice always. Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, with that, I think we're going to close it out. So (laughs) thank you guys very much for joining us today. Next week, I believe that Darren will be back with us. I hope so. so. I hope so, too. We miss him. I know. It's been two whole weeks now. (laughs) So next week, hopefully, we'll have Darren back with us as we launch into our Advent series. Mm -hmm. Ooh, it's exciting. Yes. Advent's coming around (laughs) the corner. So yay. Well, with that, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that God would make his face shine upon you and grant you peace as you go. Amen. Amen. Blessings.